It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Hello, and welcome to episode 146 of Tangential Inspiration. Very formal. Oh, is it? <laughs> that is very formal. <laughs> um, just yes, so you know, right. in case you were missing about me talking about some aspect of dance, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> be talking about it again today. <laughs> talking about Fred Astaire. I am so excited. It was so fun learning about okay. him. Yes. Um, so Super Ginger Rogers. Excited. Yes. The only reason I, because I, I, I read something about her that she really wasn't a great dancer. Correct. Did I learn that from you? No, because oh, I, I just learned it today. Okay. okay. <laughs> but that she really, she just worked her tail off. Yep. And, so, and he said, um, he was asked who his favorite partner was, and he really wouldn't answer. Because he had a lot of partners, which mm-hmm. I didn't really understand mm-hmm. or really know. Mm-hmm. And But he finally admitted Ginger was his Aww, favorite partner. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I'm going to talk, speaking of love, oh, I'm going to talk about a cute dog named Scout. Okay. Oh, I love that name. I know. Isn't it adorable? Mm-hmm. And then a... Boy from the Pacific Northwest that made a ton of money for the people in Lahaina. Oh, nice. Yes, I know. Pretty exciting. Yes. I can totally relate to this five-year-old boy from Seattle when he asked his parents to turn off the news because they were covering the whole devastation in Lahaina. Right. And it was just too sad for him. Right. So I, I totally can relate Generally, with that. Generally, everyday news is too yeah. sad oh, for absolutely. me. Oh, absolutely. And they, I guess, had taken a trip um, to Maui, like, in like within the last Recently. year. So, yeah, he knew what they were talking about. And he just thought it was too sad. So oh, I think that's adorable. Boy. As he was processing the whole thing, he asked, you know, if the kids had really lost all of their toys. And if they had lost their beds. So this little kiddo is definitely thinking about these kids. Right. So back in episode 143, Mm -hmm. we chatted about some heroes with Maui fires. Correct. That had just devastated Lahaina. And this kiddo needs to get on that list. Yes, he does. <laughs> so, Edison. I already can tell because he cares. <laughs> yes. Like, you can already tell that he cares and he's touched by oh the my news. Gosh. So, yes. And if you, like, yeah, I need to have a little picture of this kiddo. But <laughs> I know. Edison, which I think that name is adorable I too. I love it. it. goes by Eddie Jewel, decided that he wanted to open a lemonade stand. Like one he had seen. Can we on, stop by? <laughs> I know. <laughs> on a trip through Colorado. His mom, Amy, said it was hard to get him to narrow down the menu items. <laughs> he wanted, like, this quasi-roadside restaurant. <laughs> oh, so it's so adorable. With the help of his parents and his little brother, Archie, which I read that his little brother, Archie, ended up drinking most of the product, <laughs> more so than helping, he opened up Food and Stuff Lemonade Stand for Lahaina. Edison's menu included lemonade, sparkling water, toys, popsicles, and suckers. Now, if they were tizzy pops, I'd be all over that. Same. I love that center part. <laughs> Everything on the menu was a dollar, and his parents were able to get their companies to match donations. Oh, that's brilliant. Yes. So their employers generously matched three to one. Oh, I love it. So his mom, Amy, thought that they might raise $100. Right. 
The stand operated from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and they ran out of cups multiple times. They <laughs> ran out of lemonade. At times, they ran out of ice. At one point, they had, like, five people waiting in line. <laughs> like, most kids with the lemonade stand are just begging. Yeah, they're flagging you down. <laughs> yes. Please stop. Yes. I just never have cash. Yes. Well, and that's, that's my problem. That's my problem. That's my problem. I need to and keep they did the take Venmo, which was brilliant. Oh. Yes. Um, so while the menu items were only a dollar, most people gave, you know, $5, $10, $20 bills. And one extremely generous biker bought a glass of lemonade for a hundred dollars. Wow. By the end of the day, they had raised $8,000. Oh my this gosh. It's a five-year-old. My mind is blown. I know. Even after they closed up shop, this, this little restaurant, people continued to send money through Venmo. One donation was $500. You'd think that would be the one he was most excited about, but apparently Wait. Eddie was most excited about a boy that came to his restaurant with a bag of coins. Oh, great. <laughs> the parents were like, great, we have to count all this. So seriously, by the end of this the weekend, this little lemonade stand generated over $17,000 for victims of the wildfires. And he did that all before he started kindergarten. <laughs> How awesome is that? I love it. I love it. So before I met my husband, I really hadn't watched any old movies. Seriously? No. Oh my I, gosh, I don't that really surprises me. I don't know if my mom was European and maybe mm. not really into old American classics. movies. Yeah. Classics. I, I'm not really sure. Doesn't everyone watch American I, classics? I know. I know. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. So, I, no. Yeah. So he introduced me to some old movies and I just realized that I loved them, especially yeah. a Christmas movie called Holiday Inn, which is a movie featuring Bing Crosby and Fred Astaire. Which is a little cringe now. It is. Yes, it, 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 You've yeah. been warned. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, just... Especially one keep scene. Keep in mind, yeah, keep in right. mind the era. Yeah. 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 And it, it's a learning experience if you talk about it. It is. And it's not... Um, the scene that we're talking about isn't necessarily putting anybody down. No. It's just something we wouldn't do nowadays. Yeah. yeah. So I'd never seen anyone dance like Fred Astaire. Except for Gene Kelly who I had briefly mentioned before when we talked about Olivia Newton-John. And I remember I was especially blown away when he tap dances in a sequence while f- throwing firecrackers. Oh. I don't know if oh, you yeah, remember yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, this is so cool. Yeah. So that is one of my favorite yeah. scenes in that movie of Holiday Inn. Oh, my gosh. I guess I'm getting them confused. Oh, okay. <laughs> now that you say that. You're so, not. Yes. Okay. You're not. Yes. You're Fred not. Fred Astaire. Okay. So Fred Astaire was actually born in Omaha, Nebraska, and he was born Frederick Austerlitz. Oh. Sounds like he should be European. Yeah. But he was actually born in Nebraska. And Astaire's mom dreamed of escaping Omaha by means of her children's talents. And I did, there was so much new on this. I, <laughs> I, I love Fred Astaire, but I knew nothing about uh-huh. this. And so I just loved hearing all about this. So they could yep. have been on like one of these reality shows that we have now. Right. With the, with right. the dance mom. Totally. Or, yeah. Totally. And his older sister, Adele, was also an, a dancer and singer early in her childhood. Mm. And Johanna, that was their mom, planned a brother and sister act, common in vaudeville at the time, for her two children. Although Fred refused dance lessons at first, he easily mimicked his older sister's steps and learned piano, accordion, and clarinet. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. She was talented. Yes. 
When their father lost his job, the family moved to New York City in January 1905 to launch the show business careers of the children. <laughs> I just feel like it was very for that time. Yeah. Right? Oh, and I totally. feel like a lot of this yeah. was as we go yeah. through. They began training at the Alvini Master School of Theater and Academy of Cultural Arts. And that's when they changed their name to Astaire. It was just something a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And I read a little bit about it, how it might, could have been a family name, like La Astaire or something oh, like that. Okay. But they just went with this simpler name. The children were taught dance, speaking, and singing in preparation for developing an act. I loved this. Their first act was called Juvenile Artists Presenting an Electric Musical Toe Dancing Novelty. Okay, let me say th- uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. that's a Yes. <laughs> in 1905, the comedic art debuted in Keyport, New Jersey at Tryout Theater. The local paper wrote that the Astaires are the greatest child act in vaudeville. So they oh. were already mm-hmm. really popular Making names then. for themselves. Yeah. 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 The Astaires broke into Broadway in 1917 with Over the Top a patriotic review, and performed for U.S. and Allied troops at this time as well, which I loved. I actually today got to look up, I got to see a picture of Fred and his sister, which was kind of Mm, fun to see them together. So I think that's one thing I love about doing this, is looking at the pictures and the the historical stuff. Yes. And I also really felt with Fred that how I imagined him was how he was. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that a little bit more. Even though, of course, he's playing characters, mm-hmm. I, I felt like that a lot of hit the real him shined through as well, I guess. Adele's sparkle and humor drew much of the attention, owing in part to Fred's careful preparation and sharp supporting choreography. From then on, he was just an amazing choreography. So as we go on, we'll talk about he just had so many talents, but he was an amazing choreographer. She still set the tone of their act, but by this time, Astaire's dancing skill was beginning to outshine his sisters. Mm. That During, had to have been hard for her. You know, it didn't seem like okay. it. I think they just him? really complimented each other okay. well. I Good. think he shone, but I no. think she had her own talents, too. I mean, he just was so smooth, at least in that movie that I saw. It just was like, the, and it that's didn't look what like it, effort. No. And that's what, totally. And that's what he was known, known for. for. During the 1920s, the Astaires appeared in many theater shows. Astaire's tap dancing, as we all know, was recognized by then as among the best. (laughs) This was such a cute quote. Again, just really for the time. Somebody said, I don't think that I will plunge the nation into war by stating that Fred is the greatest tap dancer in the world. (laughs) I just was like, I just thought that was cute. And they actually split in 1932 when Adele got married. And I think back then, too, it was you got married, you were done working. Yeah. You know, or doing anything like that. So from there, Fred Astaire went in to do his first screen test. Movies were becoming really big. And (laughs) there was an evaluation after Astaire's first screen test. And it said, you'll love this. Can't act. Can't sing. (laughs) Balding. Can dance a little. Ouch. I know. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Astaire later clarified, insisting that the report had read, can't act, slightly bald, also dances. <laughs> I just thought that was really cute. In any case, the test was clearly disappointing, but the man that signed Astaire to RKO, that was the name of, you know, it would be like MGM or something right, right. today, and commissioned the test, stated in a memo, I am uncertain about the man, but I feel 
in spite of his enormous ears and bad chin line, (laughs) that his charm is so tremendous that it comes through even on this wretched test. I just, this is why I could never do something right? like that because it's like, I know, just yeah, gut right. wrenching. Right. I think that's something that's changed. I think for the better nowadays is people would look at that and just go, "He's like you and I." I wasn't thinking even that his ears were big. Yeah, you, you and I are talking that. about you should see him dance because right. he's amazing. Right. And honestly, I think he's really cute. Like I love his personality mm-hmm. in Holiday Inn. He's super through. funny, yeah. Yeah. and it really shines through. So. Soon after that, he started appearing in movies initially with Joan Crawford and Ginger Rogers. But after being in this partnership with his sister for so long, and and I can understand Mm -hmm. this, he was really reluctant to be part of another team. Like, he didn't want to be pigeonholed with somebody else. However, he was persuaded by the apparent public appeal of the Astaire-Rogers pairing. And he also wanted to make dancing an important element of the Hollywood film musical. Mm-hmm. And like we said, he ended up doing numerous movies with Rogers 10 actually. Oh wow. And received a percentage of the film profits, which was something scarce at that time. Mm-hmm. That was not yeah. something in actors contracts at that time. Huh? I so, mean, that doesn't surprise me because no. even when they made star Wars, some of the people opted right. for just cuts of the, what they earned versus right. Right. Salary. And this was in the... And that wasn't common then in 76. Right. So right. that had to have been like unheard of. Yeah. Right. Right. And he also revolutionized dance on film by having complete autonomy over its presentation. This was interesting to me too, because when I was writing this, it totally made sense to me that if you do look back at stuff before him, this is accurate. So... It says he he was credited with two important innovations in early film musicals. So Astaire's style of dance sequences allowed the viewer to follow the dancers and the choreography in their entirety, like mm-hmm. the whole shot. Right. right. Which, if you see Holiday Inn, you will notice that. Mm-hmm. They're just going around the mm-hmm. room. You're seeing the whole yeah. shot. Yeah. It's beautiful. This style differed strikingly from other musicals. Those musical sequences were filled with extravagant aerial shots Dozens of cuts for quick takes, and this is interesting too, and I do recall this, and zooms on areas of the body, such as a chorus row of arms or legs. Yeah. Which well, totally like, makes I'm sense. thinking of like White Christmas, where they yep. do, you know, like choreography, that mm-hmm. the number, where they do zoom in on other mm-hmm. spots. They don't do the white It's lens. not the whole stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. His second innovation involved the context of the dance. He was adamant that all song and dance routines be integral to the plot lines of the film. Instead Hmm. of using dance as a spectacle, Astaire used it to move the plot along. Typically, an Astaire picture would include at least three standard dances. I thought this was cute. One would be a solo performance by Astaire, the firecracker, (laughs) which he termed his sock solo. Another would be a partnered comedy dance routine, which I (laughs) Yep. Finally, he would include a partnered romantic dance Mm. routine. So, around 1940, he left RKO to pursue other film opportunities. And this is when he played alongside Bing Crosby in Holiday Inn and also Blue Skies, which I have not seen. I haven't seen that either. So now I Mm -hmm. need to see it. (laughs) I think that's so interesting that that was his recipe. Yes. You know, for each thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, And we can see it in Holiday Inn. Like, I know exactly which which ones they were. (laughs) Those are in Holiday Inn. That's the equation that worked for him. Right, right. So, again, like I said, he played alongside Bing Crosby. But in spite of the enormous financial success of both, he was dissatisfied that in both he lost the girl to Bing Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's just like, yeah. that's so funny that that would bother him. Yeah. Because he was married happily by yeah. this time, by the way. We'll get into that yeah. later. But. Oh, that's funny that he would yeah. even care. Why, why even care? <laughs> yeah. But I guess it bothered him. And I wondered if he just kind of felt like, oh, I'm the underdog or yeah, something like that. Always. Or I'm I'm looked on badly yeah. or something because I'm a loser or something like that. Can't ever compete with Bing Crosby. Right, yeah. right. Which he totally could. Right. He next appeared opposite the 17-year-old Joan Leslie in the wartime comedy The Sky's the Limit. And also another one called One for My Baby. The reason I bring this up is he's dancing on a bar counter in a dark and troubled routine. And he choreographed this film alone, and it, and it achieved modest box office success, but it was a departure from his usual charming, happy-go-lucky screen persona, mm. and it confused contemporary Viewers. critics. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. And he was, it just, it put him in a downward spiral, and he announced his retirement in oh. 1946. He started concentrating on his horse racing interests and founded the Fred Astaire Dance Studios. Do you remember those? <laughs> I I'm embarrassed to say this, but I thought they still existed. <laughs> I don't know if they do. Let us know if you've ever been to a Fred Astaire dance studio. Now we're I want to hear about to it. Yes. <laughs> His retirement did not actually last long. He actually came back to fill in <laughs> yeah. for an injured Gene Kelly. Oh, which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And then started up again with it's, making movies. Yeah, and of course he did. I that know. was his love. I know. Mm-hmm. And in 1955, his wife, Phyllis, they had been married for 21 years, suddenly died of lung cancer. And it kind of made me think about, you know, I'm sure technology between then and now is such a difference. They might have not known she had Mm -hmm. it. Or Everybody was smoking back then. That's right. She probably was inhaling carcinogens nonstop. And he was intensely private. Fred Astaire was rarely seen on the Hollywood social scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Instead, he devoted his spare time to his family. Phyllis had a son from a previous marriage. Her first husband had passed away. And then they had two children together. Mm. I love that, that Mm -hmm. he, you know, he had his work. Mm -hmm. And then also, I I admire when they're they're private. I do too. He had hobbies, which included horse racing, playing the drums, songwriting, golfing. Playing the drums. Yes. He had good friends. Okay, some of these people I don't know, and some I was like, wow. David Niven, Randolph Scott, Clark Gable, mm. Gregory Peck. Mm. This is, I absolutely love this because to me, when I was telling you about how I envision him, this is, I love this quote. Niven described him as a pixie, a timid, always warm-hearted, with a penchant mm. for schoolboy jokes. <laughs> and I was like, this is him in Holiday Inn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh so to gosh. hear that that's how he is yes. in person, too, they I just loved it. They need to remake that movie in a I kind of don't want them to, though. <laughs> I just don't. It just was so, it was so good with the... So yeah. Good. yeah. And my kids and I quote, there's some things in every quote, so... His final movie called Silk Stockings was, the, was with another dancer named Sid Charisse, and this was his last movie, and he had done 30 movies in 25 years. Oh my gosh, that's a ton. Yeah. So Tony Martin, she he was the husband of this Sid Charisse that he danced with in this movie, and okay. he said, I could tell who my wife had been dancing with that day on the set. If she came home covered with bruises on her... It was from the very physically demanding Gene Kelly. If she had no bruises, it was the smooth and agile Fred Astaire. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. Cute. I just love that. So, what a compliment for him. I kind of felt like that yeah. too. And I and I can see both ways. If you have seen Gene Kelly dance and mm-hmm. you've seen Fred Astaire dance, that is exactly 
you know, Gene Kelly's, I mean, they're both athletic. There's mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. But Gene Kelly's is definitely a more athletic look. I'm putting mm-hmm. that in quotes to yeah. it. I don't know how yeah. to explain it, but if you saw them, you would know. I what only I'm think saying. of him in singing in the rain. Totally. Yeah. Where he's jumping Where he's and leaping. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Fred Astaire is like that parkour, too, but it's parkour just, totally. It's just a smoother, yeah. different, both amazing. So Astaire's execution of a dance routine was prized for its elegance, grace, originality, and precision. He drew from a variety of influences, including tap and other black rhythms, classical dance, and the elevated styles of Vernon and Irene Castle. His was a uniquely recognizable dance style that was greatly influenced by the American smooth style of ballroom dance. Mm, Totally. I can see that. Yeah. And set standards against which subsequent film dance musicals would be judged. He termed his eclectic approach outlaw style. <laughs> I just thought that was so cute. An unpredictable and instinctive blending of personal artistry. His dances are economical yet endlessly nuanced. Somebody said, Astaire's dancing looks so simple, mm-hmm. and that's so true, mm-hmm. so disarming, so easy, yet the understructure, the way he sets the steps on over or against the music is so surprising and inventive. Um... My daughter, who's a dancer, I'll always say, you make that look so easy. And she'll say, but it's not. Yeah. Like, I'm working very hard. Yeah. And I think that's the case. People that are too. talented, that is that is the case. They work it very hard very to easy. make it look easy. Yeah. Yep. yep. Astaire said, working out the steps is a very complicated process. Something like writing music. You have to think of some step that flows into the next one. And the whole dance must have an integrated pattern. If the dance is right, there shouldn't be a single superfluous movement. It should build to a climax and stop. Another thing I wanted to mention about Fred Astaire is that he could sing. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, if you've seen Holiday Inn, yeah, he can sing. Do you remember he at the beginning they have this dance where he says, "I can't sing, but I can dance." Oh, and yes, Bing yes, Crosby yes, yes. says, "I can sing, but yeah, I can't dance." Yes. Right? And they both sound good. They both yeah. sound good to me. So he had a huge list of celebrated songs. If you oh. look up online, I was shocked. He is done from the 1930s to the 1950s. He had singles. He had duets. Oh, wow. I just couldn't believe it. Although he possessed a light voice, he was admired for his lyricism, diction, and phrasing. Mm-hmm. Kind of like his dance, yeah. right? Yeah. The grace and elegance so prized in his dancing seemed to be reflected in his singing, a capacity for synthesis which led Burton Lane to describe him as the world's greatest musical performer. Aww, Irving Berlin, who oh, wrote a lot yeah, of music, yeah, a lot of considered Astaire the equal of any male interpreter of his songs, a good as good as Jolson, Crosby, or Sinatra. Wow. Not necessarily because of his voice, but for his conception of projecting a song. Mm-hmm. It's just like, this guy was so amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And people, I don't know that we really knew that, no. like you said, because he just made it look like... Yeah. Nothing. No big deal. Yeah. After leaving the movie industry, Fred branched out into TV. He made a series of four highly rated Emmy Award-winning musical specials for television for uh, 1958, 59, 1960, and 68. It reminds me of the Christmas specials that yeah. Michael Buble does, because oh, I love those. Okay. I love Michael Buble, but it just kind of reminds yes. me of maybe something yeah. like that. The first of these won nine Emmy Awards. Wow. Including Best Single Performance by an Actor. Most Outstanding Single Program of the Year, 
This is so interesting, too. It was also noteworthy for being the first major broadcast to be pre-recorded on color videotape. Oh, wow. Color. (laughs) (laughs) He continued to act in television roles, even in non-dancing roles. Okay, do you want to hear my most favorite thing about him that I did not know? He, in 1978, he made a well-publicized guest appearance on the science fiction television series of Battlestar Galactica. Seriously? <laughs> As the possible father of Starbuck. Oh my gosh. Now I'm going to have to watch I'm gonna the have to go look. I know. Yeah, I'm going to have to go find I know. That. Yeah. And it, he was, it I was did called love The Man with the Same. Astaire asked his agent to obtain a role for him on Galactica because of his grandchildren's interest in the series. Oh! And the producers were delighted at the opportunity to create an entire episode to oh, feature him. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. I think sometimes, not to keep bringing up Star no. Wars, but I think there are certain actors that they just want that little spot. Even, like, one... I totally would be I, one of those. Yeah. I think one of the 007 guys was actually a storm, like one of the storm yes, or something. Yes, we talked about that. Yeah, never, yeah. you didn't see him, no, but. He yeah. just wanted to be able to say yeah, that. that he was in Star He Wars. wanted it on his resume. I uh, know, which I get. <laughs> he remained physically active well into his 80s. He took up skateboarding. Oh my god! In his late 70s. <laughs> and was awarded a life membership. In the National Skateboard Society. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he also had an interest in boxing and true crime. Oh, so we I have know. that in common. I know. Not the boxing. And at the age of 81, he married a second time. Mm. This was kind of interesting. Her name was Robin Smith, and she was 45 years his junior. Wow. She was a horse jockey. Mm. Which he was really into that. Mm-hmm. I didn't go into this, but he was into horse racing, owned horses, this seems like a big age difference, and it was. They did remain married until he died in 1987, so for seven years. I didn't get mm-hmm. the gist that his family was thrilled, mm-hmm. but so be it. Right. And if she made him happy, I mean, like when I read Dick Van Dyke's book, yep. his wife is quite a bit younger than him. Right. Was his makeup artist, you know, yeah. for a time. They are just so in love. They're very So. Yeah, until yeah. I read his book, I was like, hmm, she... That's but, interesting. No, they seem to be very, very much happy. in love, so hopefully it was the same yep. for him. Astaire's life has never been portrayed on film. He always refused permission for such portrayals, saying, however much they offer me, and offers come in all the time, I shall not sell. Astaire's will mm-hmm. included a clause requesting that no such portrayal ever take place. Wow. He commented, it is there because I have no particular desire to have my life misinterpreted, which it would be. I, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And he's right. In December of 2021, Tom Holland announced that he would be portraying a stare in an upcoming biopic. Really? Which attracted criticism due to that clause. Uh-huh. So I thought that was interesting. Nothing's come of it, though. Yeah. We're two years in. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything. So he is widely regarded as the greatest popular music dancer of all time he's received an honorary academy award three primetime emmy awards bafta golden globe grammy i mean the list goes on he had me at true crime i know <laughs> he starred in more than 10 broadway and west end musicals made 31 musical films four television specials and numerous recordings as a dancer he was known for his uncanny sense of rhythm Creativity and tireless perfectionism. I love that. I know. Awesome. I loved it. I loved seeing pictures of him. 
and now I need to go home and watch just, Holiday Inn. <laughs> and it's coming that time of year. That time and, of year is coming. The, so we have to watch The Battle of the Star Galactica. But what was the other movie? The Sky... Blue Skies. Blue Skies. That was the other one yeah. that he is in with Bing Crosby. Yeah, I need to, I need and he to doesn't that. get the girl. Now we already know. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> in case spoiler you're wondering, alert. spoiler alert, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. get the girl. Every once in a while, there's a story that multiple people share with me. Oh. That make me smile. Then you know you have to do it. Yeah. Too. (laughs) That that too. That too. Yes. That's a sign. Yeah. And when people know you well enough to know what's really going to make you smile, that just makes me so happy. Feels really good. But Scout falls into that category. I've heard the story so many times from um, (laughs) different people sending it to me. So I'd be shocked if there's anyone out there who hasn't heard it, but it's just too good not to share, just in case. Scout is a mutt in Michigan who he kept escaping the animal shelter. <laughs> so sadly, the shelter didn't know much about Scout. Right. He came to the shelter with nothing, no identity, no history. The shelter actually gave him the name Scout. They did conclude that he had likely been abused um, just by his demeanor. He was okay. scared of keys. He was scared oh of loud gosh. noises. He would just kind of how he would walk. You can tell when, right. sadly. Someone also had shot him with a BB gun. You couldn't see it, but, like, when you, like, hold his jowl, there are still little pellets in there. They might have also seen it if they did any kind of scan on oh, him. Oh, could have, too. Could be. Yeah. I'm just thinking yeah. metal or something well, like they that. Well, st- they just said that if you look at him, you can't mm-hmm. tell that he has those pieces embedded right, in him. Right, but, but they're in his jowl. Yeah. So, poor guy. Yes. Scout made his way to the Meadowbrook Medical Care Facility, and he found a cozy couch, made himself <laughs> comfortable. <laughs> that is about an hour northeast of Traverse City. And it cares for mostly seniors, some with terminal illnesses or dementia. When a nurse found him the next morning, she called the Antrim County Animal Control and had them come pick him up, obviously. I would have hidden him. I, I would have been like, where can I, I put him? Where? Well, especially if you knew the story. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't even care. I'd be like, where can we put him where we don't have yes. to return yes. him? Guess who came back a few nights later? Oh, for the on the couch? Yes, yes. It wasn't an easy feat either. He had to scale. A little magician. Yeah, he was. I called him Houdini later. Yep. I called him. He had to scale a 10-foot chain link fence. Then a six-foot solid privacy fence. He had to somehow cross the highway without getting hit in order to make it to this building. And then he had to get inside without being detected. So this guy... even? I know. I know. He needs like a little GoPro around his neck. (laughs) Have you seen those? Where you can see. Where where they've gone. I follow this little cat on TikTok (laughs) that has one. And And wanders around the yard. Yeah, Scout needs one. We've got to see this. Well... It, there's a different ending. Okay. But but once again, they notified the shelter <laughs> about their little Houdini, and they returned to get him again. A couple of nights later, <laughs> Scout did it again. Third time this trial. Yes, exactly. So the nursing home's administrator saw it as a sign. Yes, exactly. And she was like, one time, you know, two, twice, third time. The couch is really comfortable. <laughs> <It> must be. <laughs> so she asked if anyone wanted to have a dog. Clearly, Scout had given his vote, yep. but the staff formally adopted him, and the residents are making up for the neglect that the poor little guy oh has endured. 
Having a dog roam the halls makes the facility feel more like home for the residents. And Scout is free to just, you know, visit folks. And he he must be able to, like, pat on the latches and it opens the door so he can just head on in and right. see people. Right, right. Um, he knows who carries treats on their walkers. <laughs> and Smart. he makes sure to get a biscuit every night. From this 84-year-old man that must kind of have him tucked in his bed. And he'll come give, like, a nudge oh, with nudge. his sloppy nose. Oh. And he pretends to be asleep. And so finally he has to give in and get the get, oh. get him the, the biscuit. So cute. The household coordinator said that he's always watching to make sure everyone is okay. She said, if somebody's in the passing process, he's in and out of the room checking on them. He'll even want to climb in bed with them. He just can sense things. Yeah, animals are amazing. I know, really are. Mm -hmm. According to their clinical care coordinator, she said, "We've had a few in the past whose rooms he won't leave. We had a resident that when he was passing, Scout wouldn't leave his room. So because of his abuse in the past, keys and loud noises, like I said, make him nervous. So Scout went home with an employee one night." Because they were going to do this loud disaster drill or have some sort of alarm going off so they knew it would scare him. So Jenny Martinick, the household coordinator, brought him home and thought he would just climb in bed and, you know, cozy up and sleep with her. But instead, he laid in front of the bedroom door, kept one eye open, watching her, kept the other eye, you know, on the door, just making sure she was safe all night. So the poor guy was exhausted by the time he made it back. To <laughs> Take the vis- me back Yes, home. yes. So it's easy to see why this guy is a bit of a celebrity. The nurse has held a fundraiser for Scout. He made, you know, hundreds of dollars for his care, and someone even came by to meet him because they saw him <laughs> online. I just love that they've found each other. You right. know, he's found purpose with the community, and right. the residents just love him. And Scout officially belongs because guess who was resident of the month in February? <laughs> the month of love. <laughs> yes. And it was like, we woof you. Yeah. It was, That's they're just, adorable. it's adorable. All of it is. Just so my so in-laws cute. have a really, had a really cute dog and my father-in-law would go to Starbucks every morning and they wanted, at one point, Starbucks wanted to make my father-in-law like the customer of the month, and he didn't really want to, so they made their dog Skitch the customer of the month. Because <laughs> Skitch always came with him. It was so cute. That's such a cute name. Too. I know. Skitch. I like that. Yeah. Oh, did he get a picture taken? Yes. Oh my gosh. We got to go t- get a picture and put that on the website. That's adorable. <laughs> the higher up you go, the more mistakes you are allowed. Right at the top, if you make enough of them, it's considered to be your style. Fred Astaire. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at tangentialinspirationpodcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.